Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday check-in. Um, for those who may not know, the Monday check-in is a little... Oh, wait, I should say who I am first. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, uh, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. So there you go. Uh, and the Monday check-in is a little thing that we do at First Pres. Uh, where we're going to flip the script a little bit. We're going to start by taking a look at the scripture for this upcoming Sunday and having a chat about it. And we're just using lectionary text. Uh, and then after that, we transition into a few announcements about um, life at First Pres and what's going on and what we'd like folks to be aware of. Uh, um, for some of our longtime listeners, this will be a slight change in format. For some of our new listeners, it, you won't know any different. So that'll be just fine for you. Um, so uh, kind of with the hope of maybe sharing this with a little bit wider audience, um, maybe through the Presbytery, maybe through a couple of sort of uh, Facebook groups that uh, Pastor Greg is a part of. We're going to switch the, the scripture part, hopefully, and thinking that it might be maybe a, a conversation started for other pastors, for other congregations. We'll put that right up front uh, so everybody can get that right away. And then since I mean, I'm sure that they would love to come to the Blessing of the Pets service, um, but maybe, maybe they live, would. Right. But, you know, maybe they live in Atlanta and they're having their own later and they might not be able to make it this Atlanta, Nebraska. Did you know there's an, an Atlanta, Nebraska? I did. Did you know there's also a Denver, Nebraska, and I actually live in it? You live in Denver, Nebraska? I do. There's something about the municipality of where we live out here in Idlewild that is actually, we're in Denver. Well, see, this is an interesting factoid. This, this relates to another interesting factoid that I'm aware of. There's also a Denver, Iowa. There's 12 Denvers in the United States. And now we know. And the more you know. There you go. And we've been to, well, I've been to three of them. Indeed. Yes. Iowa, my house, and the Colorado one. I bet I'm amongst the country's leaders in Denver visitations. I, I You could put that on your resume, I think. <laughs> going to start. I okay. do also yeah. want to just point out as a celebration, um, I think you can see my hyphenated last name right there, Greg Allen Pickett. It's the other and way. Is it the other way? Mm -hmm. There it is. Yep. There. At least on my screen. I don't know. <laughs> it's in one of the bottom corners. And take a look at Damon's as well. And so perhaps we could rename this podcast instead of the money check and we just could call it the hyphenateds. I like it. I'm game. I'm game for whatever. Uh, congratulations. This is the first time we've been back doing the Monday check-in since you got married. And uh, congratulations on your wedding and on yes. hyphenating your last name like all the cool kids do. Yes, my hyphenation is very recent. Indeed. So, so uh, yeah. So, well, thank you. It's good to be back. And I know that uh, Kylie and Sarah did, did a lovely job while I was away for a couple of, couple of Mondays. So Indeed. Um, does that seem like enough of a welcome? I think so. Should we open? Surely, the people feel adequately welcomed. I mean, I, we could offer that. Can we get anybody anything to drink? Are you hungry? Do you need anything? The bathroom's right over there. So there you go. Uh, now you're officially welcomed. Uh, so should we? Okay, let's switch over to the to the scripture and that sort of stuff. Do you? Would you mind if I offer us a, a word of prayer as we do that? Please, please do. 
loving and gracious God, thank you for, thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom. Um, thank you for your insights, which, which have challenged and nurtured people of faith for centuries upon centuries. Um, may we continue to uphold their tradition of, of examining your word, of pondering it, of taking it into our hearts and our minds. And not only that, but allowing it to change our lives, to change our way of thinking, to change our way of feeling and being towards our neighbors and our strangers. Um, may the conversation this week join in with all of the conversations throughout all of our lives. Uh, may your spirit, may your presence be with us this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as I mentioned at this at the start, we are following the lectionary uh, currently at First Pres. We took a little break over the summer and did some other sorts of things. We are we're back on the lectionary bandwagon at this point. And uh, you have selected sort of as the focus scripture from the lectionary readings for this coming week, a passage from Second Philippians, uh, not Second Philippians, Philippians chapter two. I was looking at the big number two on my screen and it threw me yes. off. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. And it reads something to this effect. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, so at the name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who, has, who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Here ends this reading. So parts of this reading, I imagine, pretty familiar to folks. Other parts maybe a little less familiar. Um, Craig, is there anything that sort of jumps out at, at you just kind of right from the start? Uh, a portion of this that I hadn't focused on when I first read it, but the very last, uh, last verse for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Um, I like that line. 
first acknowledging that it's God's work through us. Uh, and then that second idea that it's not just the work we do, but the will to do the work, right? So it, our, mm -hmm. our intentions are as important as our outcomes. Uh, recognizing, recognizing that God is at work in us and we are called to do God's work and intending to do that as well as the outcomes. Uh, and that's, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that's, uh, it's very, very difficult to judge a person's intentions. Uh, only we can do that ourselves. But even in our own lives, I think uh, judging our intentions uh, can be difficult. We, we do things with multiple intentions. Mm -hmm. um, and Paul is reminding yeah. us that, uh, that it's God's will and God's work that we're called to, that we are, are called to align ourselves with the will of God as well as the work of God. And so having that in our minds uh, is, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Paul does seem to be kind of curious, I guess, here about um, about people's intentions, right? He's, he's talking about acting with humility um, towards one another um, to, to avoid selfish ambition or conceit. And he's he, this is, of course, one of Paul's letters. So he's writing to a particular community at a particular time experiencing particular issues um but this uh this sort of idea of how is the community going to behave towards one another yeah um and with what intentions are we going to approach people i think we can see we can sometimes approach people with um like uh feigning humility if that as a way of sort of raising ourselves up actually is what our ultimate goal is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Paul saying, no, you don't, you don't really want to, don't really want to do that. Um, it makes it's, it, I think about the, most of our communities are, are, are made of people with, uh, with a diverse set of, values a diverse set of opinions um and and to be able to approach one another with humility um and let each of you look not to your own interests but the interests of others um i think is is a really surprisingly challenging call for us yeah yeah it's interesting david because you 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 noted that Paul was writing to a particular community at a particular time facing particular issues. And there, there's always a particularity to scripture that we need to be aware of. Um, and yet we also believe that the scripture is the inspired word of God and there's a universality to scripture. And I think the themes that Paul picks up on in his letter to the Philippians, while they may be particular issues being faced by the community in Philippi that he's writing to, to remind them, uh, he's reminding them of the more universal themes of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? Um, and he's trying to connect perhaps the conflicts they're having uh, with the universal call of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And so I think we can read ourselves into this text, even if we're not having the exact same particular conflicts that the community in Philippi was having, 
there are these universal reminders that Paul has about what Christian discipleship looks like, what it means to follow Jesus. And so Paul grounds that um, in these beautiful, really beautiful language, frankly, right? If there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing of the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, then make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord. And that love that Paul's talking about, being of the same love, Paul, Paul talks about this theme of love a lot. I, I preached on uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, I think it was three weeks ago, the first, uh, first Sunday in September, and Paul picked up on Jesus' uh, notion of, of love your neighbor as yourself. And Paul goes through the list of all of the other commandments, like you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not do this. All of those really come back to this notion of loving your neighbor as yourself. And so Paul picks up on that same idea of love here. Um, and then that love is lived out in verse three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. And then Paul goes on to use Jesus as the example of that, right? Jesus ultimate act of love was this selfless act on the cross and Jesus humbled himself to humanity and humbled himself up to death on a cross to show us what this love that we are called to live out as Christian disciples looks like. Um, and Paul's pretty clear about what that is. And so while he is writing to the community in Philippi, there's, there's this universal sense of um, connecting it to the larger narrative of Christian discipleship that, that I pick up on in this. I don't know. Am I off base? <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. And it connects, obviously you might expect Paul's letters each contain a certain sort of logical, their own sort of logical, like they're all consistently logical in each in its own letter, right? But they also have these overarching themes that get reflected in different ways, in different letters. And so, I mean, in chapter one of Philippians in verse 27, you know, Paul writes, only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for, for the faith of the gospel. Right? So it's like this living with humility is part of what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel, right? Um, and, and this is sort of this call for humility. There's so much of this that flies in the face of conventional cultural wisdom. Um, yeah. like we don't, and it flew in the face of it when it was written. Um, the, the Romans weren't really about being humble. That <laughs> wasn't really their thing. Um, and we're currently in the United States, we're not really about being humble. Like we don't, we don't reward humility um, very well. We don't reward meekness all that well. We don't reward kindness and generosity all that well either. So part of this is also a, a call to live in a very, um, not anti-cultural, what's the word? Counter-cultural. Counter-cultural, thank you. Uh, yeah. You always know the words that I can't quite think of, which is <laughs> very helpful. Um, but 
so part of it is this this call to live in a very countercultural way where it's not about raising yourself up um it's about raising others up right i don't look to your own interests but look to the interests of others um which is uh, is is a surprisingly radical thing to do indeed and it has been for two thousand years right Mm -hmm. and so Paul sets up these kingdom values as cult, countercultural or other to, in this case, Roman values, but it's not hard at all for us to make those same comparisons here 2,000 years later. That mm-hmm. society uh, prizes um, power and uh, might and... Um, right. and, and I think sometimes it's it's easy to say, well, that's something that society does, but like society is made of people, right? Like people, like I like power, right? People like power, like we're drawn to those sorts of things. Um, And I, you know, I think about like, okay, so take a look at the world of social media and Instagram, like influencers, it's all about how many, how many likes do you have, how many followers, do you have, um, but it's all about sort of lifting yourself up um, and not so much about lifting up others. Right. Yeah, no, uh, across the board. Um, and, and it's interesting how it manifests itself differently in each generation. And I think social media is the current manifestation of that. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, yeah. And, and I, I like your reminder, Damon, that uh, society is made up of people. So we can offer a critique against American culture or American society um, that, that says these are counter to kingdom values, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and we got to remember that we're, we're part of that. Um, and so mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we hate this country or we hate this society, but it's important to hold it up to the values that we proclaim as followers of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and frankly, uh, what better way to show love for the place you live than, than to say, Hey, I expect better out of you. Right. Isn't that what we do as, as parents? Uh, we love our kids by saying you're better than this. You know, you're, you know, I know you're capable of more. I know you're capable of living into these kingdom values. And so I'm going to hold you up to those values and, and tell you when you're not meeting them so that you can strive for those. Um, and we, we strive for those. We need to be striving for those in ourselves and we need to be striving for those uh, striving to support others in that same work. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like laying out sort of that choice between kingdom values and society values or culture values or empire values or capitalist values or whatever word that you want to put there, right? I think laying out the choice between those two things um, draws my mind then back to that, to that sort of that first point that you made in verse 13, like enabling you to both will and to work for his good pleasure. Like, like, like the part of it is about, like when I wake up in the morning, even just being aware that oh, I have I have a choice which which values I'm going to operate by this day, um, and 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 willing to live into the kingdom values. Right. 
Yeah. And, and making that choice each day, like how do I align my life and my work with God's will and God's work? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard thing to do. Uh, we're bombarded by images and ideas that are counter to that. And it's easy to get drawn into those images and ideas. Uh, all of us do. Um, but ultimately, um, if we're committed to being disciples of Jesus Christ, we're committed to a particular way. And Paul lays out some of the important steps of what that way looks like uh, in this letter to the Philippians, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, um, before we join into this little chat, you were saying that you weren't really sure um, how this would preach or what in what direction, I guess, maybe it would preach. Uh, any, any more clarity on that? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I just, uh, I think probably thinking about people that our society have overlooked uh, that embrace these values um, and the ones that we hold up, the ones that are on the news every night or the ones that um, we pay attention to in media most often are not being honored because they've embraced these values. They're being honored because they've embraced a different set of values that oftentimes are counter to these values that Paul lays out here. And so Mm -hmm. I think uh, reflecting, reflecting on folks who, who have, have sort of bucked the trend or, or run counter to this norm, but the, the challenge is we don't hear about them, right? The challenge is that the, by their very nature of embracing these, these countercultural ideas of compassion and sympathy and, uh, and doing nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regarding others is better than yourselves, it's, it's, it's rare that we ever hear these stories. And so I think uh, raising up some of those stories uh, and reflecting on the lives of people who have uh, embraced these values and, and really in doing so built God's kingdom uh, in, in ways that the, the counter values tear down God's kingdom. And so, but I don't, uh, I mean, and I can think of some high profile examples, but I think there are also examples right here in our own community of, of folks who do that and do it well, who most of their lives just fly under the radar and, and don't have uh, anyone paying attention to what they're doing and they just keep at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me because I think if, if a preacher wanted to, this, this passage could have a pretty hard edge in it. Um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Um, I think if, if a person wanted to, they could take a look. Who are the folks who find themselves in positions of power? And are they living up to this or not? Some probably are, some probably aren't. Um, and how does that how does that work? Um, one other thing that I that I thought about was the difference in um, 
you know, so in some of the other and some of the other of Paul's writings, like he's writing to a fairly small community, right? Um, and a community that would have really needed to rely on one another um, for support, um, for meals, for whatever the case may be. Um, and that's a little, so there are, there's probably some churches for, for whom that's, that's true of their context as well, that, that folks in those congregations really look to one another um, for support in, in that sort of a way. Um, and other congregations, maybe not so much, but still there's little pockets um, within them where, where folks treat one another with this sort of humility and, and put the concerns of, of others before their own. In some ways it's easier to sort of think of this on a small scale than on than on a big scale, but I don't know. Yeah, do you think it'll preach? I mean, it'll preach. Um, yeah, yeah. Part of it is, um, I think, if all of us read this honestly, we feel convicted by it, yeah. and and that can take us down into a valley. And so the the um, the act of preaching is, needs needs to accompany us down into that valley. I, I need to be brought probably down to that valley myself. Uh, but then, uh, as my preaching professor in seminary said, never leave them in the valley. <laughs> you always got to pull them out, right? Uh, and so, and that's you know, one thing that that we try to do every week is, is is speak a word of hope into the world and. And so that will be the, I think the challenge with this text is, um, is leading, leading us out of the valley and, and setting us on a grounding of hope that we can in fact live into this vision that Paul has created in this text um, of prioritizing the needs of others above our own needs and of compassion. And ultimately, um, I mean, there is the, like Paul's writing, make my joy complete. Tell me how you're doing this stuff, whether I'm there watching you or whether I leave and you're doing it. Tell me about it. Right. The, the, the section you read from uh, chapter one to whether whether I'm there with you or whether I'm hearing about it from afar. Tell me how you're you're acting with one heart and one mind and caring for one another and caring for your community and make my joy complete. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's there's there's hope there, certainly. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So, uh, well, should we draw this little portion to a close with a prayer? Let's do that. Okay. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the witness that you've given us through the pages of Scripture. Today, as we read part of Paul's letter to the Philippians, we had a chance to think about what he was trying to say to the community in Philippi and also what he's trying to say to us today and ultimately what you're trying to say to us today. God, continue to challenge us, continue to nudge us, to provoke us when we need provoking, comfort us when we need comforting, and ultimately to encourage us to align our will and our way with your will and your way. We ask this in the name of Jesus, who showed us that will and that way and encouraged us to follow it. Amen.
All right. So if uh, you are active in First Presbyterian Church or interested in being active or want to know what we're up to, stay tuned. If not, you're welcome to drop out. But I think we have some really interesting things going on in the life of the church you probably want to hear about, right? Of course. And so I will uh, encourage you to, uh, to look. We have some exciting stuff happening next Sunday, uh, which is the 27th. Our 9 a.m. worship in the park service will be happening, but it will be a little different because that is our traditional blessing of the pets service. So if you want to come down and bring your pet to be blessed, we invite you to do that. Even if you don't have a pet to be blessed, if you like seeing furry creatures and their crazy owners, this is the Sunday to come to the 9 a.m. service in the park. And they're not all furry. Some of them are feathered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them actually don't have any fur or feathers. I have blessed a betta fish and a crawdad and a lizard. I haven't blessed a snake yet. Haven't ruled it out. But lots of dogs and cats, mostly. Um, and there's possible we might have some livestock this year. You just never know. In Hastings, never know. Yeah. So that'll be the 9 a.m. service in Alexander Park. Our 10.30 stay-at-home service uh, is a little special this next week, too, because it's uh, what we call Hastings College Sunday. Happens to align with the homecoming at Hastings College, and we celebrate the partnership between First Presbyterian Church of Hastings and Hastings College. What that means is it will be our normal 10.30 stay-at-home worship service with the addition of the liturgist will be, one of the liturgists will be uh, Hastings College new professor, Dr. Rich Lloyd. Uh, and some of the music will be provided by the Hastings College Choir. They're going to be coming into the church this week and recording their music, and then we'll be using recordings of the the college choir this year to uh, complement and uh, help lead worship this Sunday. So that is this Sunday, 9 a.m. in the park with the pets, 10.30, stay at home with Hastings College. That's exciting. Um, We do want to let you know, too, If you are interested in being a new member or you know someone who might be interested in being a new member, please reach out to them and let them know that we're doing a new members class this fall. Uh, Normally we would do our new members class over uh, three Wednesday evenings. Uh, We're changing the format this year because of what's going on with COVID-19. We're going to meet one time on Saturday, October the 3rd, which is uh, just over, just under two weeks away. We're going to meet at Prairie Loft. We'll start at 9 a.m. We'll meet for a few hours, have lunch, and by the end of that, uh, those who want to join the church will have the opportunity to join the church. So I uh, hope you, uh, if you're interested or know someone who might be interested in learning more about membership in the church, please let them know and have them contact the church office to get signed up for that. Uh, what else do we have going on in the life of the church? Uh, we're doing okay. a coat drive. Yep. Uh, again, this year, we'll take coats through October 14th. You can bring them to the church office. You can also bring them to worship in the park um, or drop them by the church. So, um, yeah. Anything else? Then the Friday feature. Friday feature. So this is something that uh, Pastor Damon started back uh, in COVID tide early in uh, (laughs) late March or April. (laughs) And uh, he would find a local uh, artist, oftentimes a musician, and share a bit of scripture with them. And then the artist would reflect on that scripture and uh, a piece of art. And many times that meant musicians were writing an original piece of music or reflecting on a piece of music that was particularly meaningful to them that they felt like connected to that scripture. 
And uh, we had a series of those that we did in April and May and even early June, and they were delightful. And uh, we took a little pause this summer, but we have started back up with the Friday feature. And we did one last week. And I encourage you to uh, check that out. Uh, you can find it linked on our church's Facebook page. We'll also send it out via email. Um, the one last week was very special. It was uh, Pastor Jensen Heitman interviewing uh, his new bride, Hannah Jensen Heitman. And the scripture they were reflecting on was one that they had read at their wedding a few weeks ago. And then Hannah went and wrote a new original song reflecting on that scripture. And so you get to hear a conversation between two of them, learn a little bit about her artistic process in writing that song, and then you get to hear the original song. And to put a little plug in for Hannah Jensen, uh, she's a very talented musician, so talented, in fact, that one of her original songs was featured in a new film that is coming out. Uh, that's how talented she is. They're using her music to score movies now. Um, And who knows where this could go, but you can say, I knew her when I listened to her music on Friday feature. So that's right. And this one's on Ruth. Yes. Uh, So, yeah. And the idea for these, uh, for this fall, they probably won't come out every week, maybe every couple of weeks, maybe once a month, depending on things, but um, it's to kind of take a look at some, biblical characters and maybe some characters that we don't maybe don't know as well or don't know their story as well. So uh, we have Ruth and Naomi. Uh, hopefully we'll get to Esther and um, David and also Nathan. I think folks maybe aren't so familiar with Nathan. I think they know David. Um, and maybe the disciple Peter, probably. So, uh, so folks can be on the lookout for those this fall. Yes, that'll be great. Anything else? I think that's all we got today. Do we do another prayer? What do we do? I think we'll just end it uh, with your normal uh, ending. Okay. Well, then we'll say uh, peace to all. And until next time, toodaloo.